long and prosperous. I'm going to the Toshi station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Kermit, frog here. Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 74 of A Play on Nerds. I am one of your lovely co-hosts, Jarman. And I'm one of the ugly co-hosts, Steve. Don't call yourself ugly. You're lovely. (laughs) You're wonderful. And we're happy to have you back with us. What are we talking about today, Jarman? Today, we are going with our ongoing series of reviewing, alternatingly, Star Trek and Muppet movies, the whole franchises. And this week, we're doing Muppets Take Manhattan, the third movie in the Muppet franchise of films. And who do we have as a special guest to help us review this film? Uh, today with us, we have Joe and Ryan from ToughPigs.com, a community for Muppet fans who grew up. Um, these these guys are experts as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I feel like I've got a depth of knowledge and they you'll, you'll hear it. We did an extensive interview with them. And because of that, we're going to be cutting nerdy news this week. And I'm sorry about that. But this interview was great, but it ended up being longer. I think we expected but I loved it. It's fantastic. And for any fandom you think you're a fan of, these guys will test your your limits because they are the complete experts in they, their fandom. Of they, they really are. It's super impressive, even for me. Together again. Gee, it's good to be together again. So please enjoy as we interview Joe Hens and Ryan Rowe from ToughPigs.com in our review of Muppets Take Manhattan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now we have some very special guests with us. We have Ryan and Joe from ToughPigs.com, a uh, Muppet fandom site for uh, fans who grew up. Hey. Hello. And we are so excited to have them here with us to discuss the Muppets Take Manhattan. Welcome, guys. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah, it's great to be here. It's always good to talk about Muppets. Yes, always. Like constantly. Yeah, Yeah. all the time. (laughs) Can you guys tell us a little bit about your website and what that's all about? Yeah, uh, so toughpigs.com, uh, we say it's a uh, it's a fan for adult age fans of The Muppets, Sesame Street, uh, and the life and legacy of Jim Henson. Uh, the site's been around since 2001. Ryan and I uh, have been running it since 2007. Seven. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, we we're just we just passed our ten year anniversary yeah. of writing wow. about Muppets every single day, which is insane. That's amazing. Um, and basically, we uh, we like to write, uh, you know, do mostly commentaries and reviews and interviews and and uh, fun things like art and uh, uh, videos and stuff like that um, with kind of a, a really honest, often snarky uh, voice to kind of keep things interesting and um you know to let people know you know as much as we love muppets and we do that not everything is good and that's okay Uh, (laughs) that's all right you accept the good with the bad we like to think it's for the older uh more sophisticated discriminating muppet fans (laughs) that's right the pipe smoking you know jacket wearing muppet right the picture uh, cookie monster doing monster piece theater on sesame street you know smoking jacket nice chair Highbrow literature. Yes. That's us. (laughs) 
and cookies. On our podcast, basically, I'm the huge Star Trek fan, and Steve is the huge Muppet fan. And I listen to a lot of Star Trek podcasts, and I'll be on some too, and we'll realize we go a whole episode like bashing a Star Trek episode. And we realize we still love Star Trek and every episode of Star Trek. It's just that, you know, it's we're doing a podcast about it, for God's sakes. But we just like, you know, nitpicking it and having fun with it, you know, so it's out of love. Yeah, well, that's part of the fun. And and sometimes there are new Muppet productions and even old Muppet productions that we that we can't stand and we do nothing but insult them. But it, it's still like if it comes out on DVD in a new edition, we're going to buy it. That's absolutely <laughs> true. Like, what are we going to do? Not not be a fan of the thing. And it's also yeah. like, I mean, the, the one big thing that, that the Muppets and Star Trek have in common uh, is they've both been around for 50 plus years. Yeah. And so with that much content, like you're going to have the great, but you're also going to have the embarrassingly bad. Absolutely. Like the, the, Absolutely. the so bad it's good again, you know? It's like the Star Wars holiday special equivalent, you know? That's exactly yeah. it. <laughs> Although I don't know if that one's really that redeemable. Except for oh, B. Arthur. No. She's great. Yes. She oh, is. That That is the best part of that. You're absolutely correct. This past <laughs> Christmas, we just did a watch along with that where we played the, the, the holiday special while we commented on it, Mr. Science Theater 3000 style. And it was, oh, man. It it was, was painful. Really the painful. best way to do it. It was really yeah, well, it. The, the last time we watched it, you and me, Ryan, we, we did it with, uh, with, with the, the riff tracks. tracks yeah. And oh, it was it was tough. It was still, it was still tough yeah. to get through. <laughs> yeah. yeah B. Arthur musical and then the animated part in the middle with Boba Fett are the only two redeemable parts. Uh, Boba Fett. I, lo- I love that. It's, it's the, the highlight. It's the hour and a half of celebrating Life Day on Keshek that I right. couldn't. I can't do that. That's <laughs> my brain fell right out of my ear. And this old man actor I did not recognize at all. Like he was just so boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, my question throughout the whole thing was how many more things are they going to watch a video on? I feel like there are 12 pieces of electronics and each one they watch something on. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. It's, it's just one sequence after another. Where, yeah, I guess that's what Wookiees do. Wow. Well, th- thank you for having us on your Star Wars podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> and we're also not afraid to get off topic here. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I've asked Stephen before, but I want to ask you guys, uh, how did you guys first get into the Muppets and why do you think you're so in love with it to this day? I think I first got into the Muppets from watching sesame street which was the like the first thing i ever watched on tv wow so i guess some people eventually grow out of muppets and sesame street and all that and maybe i did for a few years like in my early teens when i was trying to be really cool but otherwise yeah i just it's it's all such good stuff and there's so much of it that uh i just stuck with it yeah, I, I have a similar story. And I think most Muppet fans would have a similar story of like, you just, you watch Sesame Street, you fall in love with it. Uh, you never really lose it, but you also, you graduate from Sesame Street to the Muppet Show, yeah. to the movies, to the Jim Henson projects and so on and so on and so on. And, you know, I've always been obsessed uh, to a point. Uh, I'll, I'll use the word obsessed, even though it kind of gets a bad rap. But uh, I guess anyone oh, yeah. who, who runs who runs a Muppet fan site can consider themselves oh, obsessed. Yeah, uh, I mean. But <laughs> it wasn't... I, I moved to New York about 12 years ago from Cleveland, um, and, and Ryan a couple years later from San, San Antonio, right? Yes. Uh, and I can't speak to San Antonio. I can assume that, like Cleveland, if there were Muppet fanatics, we didn't know where to find them. Right. Uh, so... You know, thankfully, we had this online community already. And then when for me, when I moved to New York and actually getting to spend time with some of these people uh, in person and becoming real friends with them and then having the opportunity to start, you know, writing for this website, uh, kind of push things into a 
you know, I, I don't even know what, what, what the uh, level beyond obsession is. Yeah, I guess the internet, and it's, this is the same for all areas of fandom, but yeah, the internet was a very big deal and sort of you realize that there are all these other people who also, you know, know who all the puppeteers are and they've, they've hmm. watched the movies a hundred times. And yeah, so that, that definitely helps, uh, helps you to uh, hold on to the, the Muppet geekiness. Right. And to know that we're not alone, which is, right. I mean, you know, important for no matter what you're interested or passionate about. Absolutely. Was it the same for your path, Steve? Oh, I mean, the, yeah, they're telling my story right now. <laughs> well, it's similar to my Star Trek story, too. It's like I didn't I wanted to hide this obsession because it was a little embarrassing. But as the Internet grew bigger and there were more conventions, I'm like, I'm, I'm not alone. I'm, I'm not the only sociable person who likes Star Trek. Yeah, but yeah, the difference here is is Star Trek. You you guys already had your conventions. Yeah, that's true. You, Muppet, uh, yeah, see, we or- what we do is so much more niche. And, you know, it's hard to find those super fans that, that are like us. Um, you know, this casual fans are easy. Uh, and, you know, a lot of them will find our site eventually. But not I, I find not as many of them will, you know, check in with us every single day. There are a lot of people out there who like Mr. Snuffleupagus, but not that many who know how to spell Snuffleupagus. Ah, well said. <laughs> yeah. That's true. All right. So big, big important question for each of you. What is your favorite Muppet anything? Everyone, everyone always yeah. goes straight to that question. What's your favorite Muppet? That's because and, it's uh, going to qualify no, for me what kind of Muppet fans you Oh, wait, you said Muppet oh. anything, like Muppet thing, not necessarily which Muppet. Which Muppet. It can, yeah, it could be a record you loved. It could be oh. TV, oh, man. movie, Muppet anything. Your favorite Muppet, That's, whatever. You, you literally just asked us, what's your favorite noun? Yeah. <laughs> How do you narrow that down? I know. That's why I told you it was a big, tough question. Because it might the, be easier to answer, How, what's your favorite noun? No, I'll, right, t- I'll tell Ryan, you mine. Mine, mine oh, yeah, is uh, Muppet Family Christmas. Well, yeah, that's, that's a good it's, it's a perfect production. Without, oh. without a doubt, that is my favorite Muppet thing of all. It's time. a really good option. Now, I do want to, I do want to oh, talk about favorite Muppet things and productions and stuff. But Ryan, you, you have a uh, a theory for us uh, super geeks about favorite Muppets. Ooh. Oh well, I had you're talking about the article series. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, wrote this article series on our website a few years ago where I realized that it was so difficult for me to name my favorite Muppet character that I might as well just uh, say that I had a different favorite Muppet every day. Right. So uh, every day for a week, I just kind of like woke up. I thought, who's my favorite Muppet today? And then I would write an article that day. About <laughs> so why? Ryan, who's your favorite Muppet today? Um, oh, I'll put you on the spot. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> today, right. I- I'm kind of thinking Beaker. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Right, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. I'm feeling uh, Shaky Sanchez. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Nobody knows who that is. <laughs> no, but you want know, to look him up on the Muppet Wiki. He's yeah. pretty great. Um, well, I was tempted to say Banana Nose Maldonado, but <laughs> even fewer people know who that is. Steve, do you know who that is? Do you know Banana Nose Maldonado? I would probably know if I saw, but no, not by name. Yeah, do, you, do you know how he got his name, Banana Nose Maldonado? Because <laughs> he got a banana nose? No, it's because his parents are Mr. and Mrs. Maldonado. (laughs) (laughs) It's from a uh, Bear on Patrol sketch on The Muppet Show. Wow. What's the little twerp's name? Banana Nose Maldonado. Banana Nose Maldonado. How'd you ever get a dumb name like that? My parents were Mr. and Mrs. Maldonado. Sorry, we we went we went obscure there. Sorry, yeah, it's a deep uh, cut. We do, by the way. That is what we do. Uh, so my favorite Muppet thing, though, that's uh, that's a Muppet Family well, Christmas is a good 
it's a really good one because yeah. it really has everything. That's like saying, I don't know, your your favorite kind of ice cream is the Vermonster. We're right. No, no, you're absolutely right because you get Fraggle Rock, you get Sesame Street, you get everything in there. Right. I mean, you could say like my favorite Muppet thing is the Muppet Show, but I think that would be cheating. Yeah. Without naming one episode. Well, what's your favorite episode of the Muppet Show then? Oh man, um, I know. Okay, I well, know you're doing I a huge review series on yeah, this. Yeah, so we. I think somebody asked us once to make our like top we did five yeah episode list. Yeah, we end up. I, I think we end up picking one from each season just to uh, kind of play fair. Spread it out. Like, I, know, uh, I mean, some of our favorites. Uh, Pearl Bailey. Pearl Bailey's a great one. John Cleese. Well, it was just uh, Harry Belafonte's Harry birthday. Belafonte, I was thinking yeah. about that one recently. Steve oh, Harry Belafonte is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It's amazing. An amazing half hour of television. I mean, Turn uh, the World Roy Around Clark itself. It's actually a really good one. I love the Roy Clark episode. It's, yeah. it's so, it's such there's a, not really like a, a predecessor to Hee Haw, but it's, yeah, it's there's great. not really a gimmick or like a one big significant moment in it. Wait, so how old are you guys talking about Hee Haw over here? <laughs> <laughs> old enough. <laughs> oh man uh for me i'd probably say alice cooper that's great yeah that's love it. uh paul paul simon and brooke shields yeah. and mostly the brooke nice. shield ones she wasn't that great but i love the the alice yeah the alice in wonderland uh, episode the whole alice overall theme really carried the whole episode brooke shields the youngest muppet show guest star ah yeah. Also appeared in Muppets Take Manhattan it's true yes and yeah. the, she true. dates a lot of rats damn you yeah. beat us to it um, and <laughs> one fi- final question, and I fully expect it. We asked this as a trivia question to our listeners two episodes ago, and nobody got it, but I fully expect oh. you guys to to get it. Can you guys tell me the name of the trumpet player in Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem? Yeah. Lips. Lips. And who played him? <laughs> Steve, Steve Woodmeyer. Yeah, of course. And why, why was he created? Why was he created? Because yeah. Steve Whitmire was added to the, the Muppet Troop later in the series and they wanted a band member for him yep okay these guys are fully qualified as muppet experts <laughs> or or a new character well but here's the thing yeah you asked you asked uh who, who the trumpet player was and i'm sure ryan and i both thought for a second the trumpet which player. one because <laughs> oh, there's yeah. two well yes in, uh, in the orchestra <laughs> yeah yeah right which i guess is not technically the the right, right. They're, they show up in the really pit but they're not name. in the greater right doctor T. there's just a a trumpet like a purple trumpet playing i lady. think that's her name is like Trumpet playing girl, yeah. trumpet yeah. player, right? Yeah, yeah. No, you'll see her if you ever watch like the first season of the Muppet Show. You'll see her down in the in the orchestra. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, no lips. Lips is uh, lips is the man. I love it. And lips, yeah. lips. Uh, who made uh, for all of our guests listening? I can now tell you to listen to these gentlemen. They know exactly <laughs> what they're talking about. They belong. I think here. Both of us own right. the lips action figure. That's true. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, and what's what's funny is like just a minute ago we were dropping Banana Nose Maldonado. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. now like lips like that's like that's 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 child's play to us. <laughs> I know. And this is what I try to explain because I consider myself a Muppet aficionado and I know more about it than anyone else I personally know. But when I knew that we were going to get you on the show, I was very intimidated because I know that your guys' depth of knowledge. It's just superior to mine. <laughs> it just is. And that's okay. <laughs> Which is interesting to me is like a lot of people will ask me, like when they find out th- this weird thing about, about me that I run this Muppet fan site, um, the fir- one of the first things they usually ask is like, well, you probably know more about Muppets than anyone. 
and uh, it's like, well, I know more about Muppets than ninety nine percent of the of you know yeah. people out there. But the thing is, the truth is, is that there are people out there who it's just the way their brains work, where they just know every single detail. They you know, like we were just we were just talking to someone on our forum the other day who was talking about well the difference between the Kermit puppet in the first half of the first season, and yeah, the second half of the second half of the first they, season. The first two episodes of the Muppet Show were. Like they shot part of it and then they went went back later in the season and reshot parts of it. And yeah, this one friend of ours had figured out which shots was a, like a different Kermit puppet yeah, or which yeah. shots were lit differently. Right. So that's and, and a little, that's even further beyond. Which right. And, that, and that's what I'm talking about. It's like people, like again, just the way their brains work and, and you know, it's not, not a complaints or anything like that. But the it's truth impressive. is, is we don't know as much as uh, we don't know more than any, uh, than, than the people who know the most. Like there are people in our community who know a lot more than us, but we write about the Muppets. We research right. more about the Muppets than probably anyone out there. You, you are consistently bathing in Muppets. That's yes. right. Yes, it is. It has taken over this weird part of our lives that you know now it's it's our you know part time jobs really. Yeah, I mean the 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 presence that you guys have on Facebook and the content that you guys produce, even the short time that I've been watching is impressive to say the very least <laughs> thank you well, thank you yeah uh, i was just gonna say somebody at, at joe's wedding asked me if i thought that he and i are among the 100 most knowledgeable muppet fans uh in the world i guess <laughs> and i had to think about it but i was like I yeah maybe yeah probably yeah i mean yeah, if you maybe. take away like the people who actually work for the muppets oh, yeah, yeah that, true yeah. and people that have like written books about them probably well, which again are only that's only a handful of people so yeah so yeah. we might be at the top 100. Actually, I'd be pretty confident to say that, yes, we are the top I 100. Yeah. I, I, I'm confident in saying that you guys are the top 100 and then I'm top 200. I'm that next tier down. Yeah. Like, you know, that's a good yeah. place to be, though. Like, and, right. and it's not a competition. You know, we all love it. We all love this stuff. You know? Yeah. There are also worse things to be knowledgeable about. But I'm not afraid to say you're superior nerds to me. That's okay. <laughs> that's all right. Well, we're proud me. of it. Well, yes. and also on Good. like most nerd subjects, you go to a convention, you talk to people on the cast and crew, and you probably know more than most of them too. <laughs> so let's be honest. That yes. definitely happens. We, we have been told uh, by by certain people, certain puppeteers whose names you might recognize, that they you sometimes don't know what's going on until they go to our website and they they say, "Oh, I guess that's what we're working on." I guess I'm going to have a job soon. <laughs> yes, that's hilarious. <laughs> It's okay. I work for Apple, and with all the rumor sites, I feel the same way all the time. Yep. Yep. So, should we get into this film of ours? Yeah, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, yeah. Arthur. Be Arthur takes Manhattan. I'd watch that movie. So, our yeah. usual structure is uh, we do initial short impressions of the film of, in general, and then we talk. We kind of go through the plot uh, as you know, kind of expediently as possible, but stopping along the way to talk about moments and things we liked, didn't like, and then kind of end with a overall conclusion of how we felt about the film and. Uh, so I'm the new Muppet guy here. I have not seen most of these films, and Steve's hated me for my whole life. We've known each other for 20 years, something like that, Steve. And somehow I never forced him to watch all these. Yeah, and I've watched all that time. Why do you oh, like man. the Muppets? That's silly. And now I'm actually finally going through them and watching them, and I'm appreciating them, so it's good. That's great. Yeah, better late than never. So my, my thought was that this was going to be the one that Jarman did not like of the original three. Just of the original three. Because he really enjoyed the other two, but I predicted this was going to be the one that he didn't like as much. So tell me, was I right, Jarman? 
yes, you would be correct. So, okay. The first, we kind of equating these things, the Star Trek movies too, uh, but basically the first one had some problems, but had a lot of promise, um, some slow parts, some kind of odd parts. But then the second one I felt was really solid. In my opinion, I liked it a lot. It moved, moved very quickly. You um, said you liked the music better in. Great yeah, I liked the music right? better in the second one because they were kind of uh, shorter, faster songs and it wasn't kind of, it didn't drag at all. And I, the jokes were really on point. I love John Cleese. He was hilarious. Um, and then this one, I felt like slowed down a lot more again, but also I almost feel as I'm a film major, I don't know if that has anything to do with my, biasing my view, but it felt like it was cut very strangely. Like a lot of the jokes just kind of fell flat to me. Like um, one of the examples of like the Joan Rivers scene, uh, it just felt like if that was cut a little snappier, it would have been funnier. It kind of just like... Ugh. I don't know. It just fell flat. You just you just stabbed me in the heart yes. a little bit. I'm, I'm done with this interview. I know. I That's love such it. a great scene. How could you think? And we just die? caused our first guest to rage quit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we, we want it. drama for the show. But no. So that's my overall opinion is that. But though overall, I did enjoy it. It was sweet. And my also overall feeling was that it felt a lot more just based towards uh, a kid audience as compared to the last two films, which had a lot more mix of adult humor and kid humor. This one I felt had a lot less adult humor and more just more kid friendly, which isn't a bad thing. It's just that it just wasn't as engaging to me as the first two. But that's that's my general first impression. And now the Muppet fans can take it away. <laughs> now get them, guys. Yeah, no, it's it's funny that your reaction was that it was more uh, kid friendly because I think... The, the way I've always thought of it, it's the one that was uh, directed by Frank Oz yeah. and co-written by Frank Oz. Um, he has always been interested in uh, adding depth and believability to the characters. So I've always thought of it as kind of like the most adult of the three. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, there's definitely there's fewer you know sex jokes than than the first two right. for <laughs> sure, but. Uh, uh, you know the thing that I think both of you guys just touched on is is this you know you say believability and um uh like the realism of of yeah. Man, which like this is definitely the one of any of the Muppet movies that could take place in the real world. It feels like it takes place right. in the real world. Like, I think if, that was right. a deliberate. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and not just like they're on the streets of New York, but like you know the physics makes sense in this movie, and like the humor is feel very like it's about things that they say and not like you know like you know Gonzo's nose got stuck to a thing and he's flying through the it's air. It's a little bit of, less wacky. Yeah, less, less yeah, cartoony, maybe. which is something that I really appreciate. Like you know, it's it really boils the Muppets back down to they just want to put on a show. Like right. that's kind yeah. of what you know they've always been a like that's the, what they've always wanted to do like at their their core right i think this movie would stand alone if you know of course there are some slapstick slapstick moments i think of uh them going after martin price and animal in the door and some stuff that could only be done by the muppets but you could take this story and throw a bunch of kid actors into it like college grade actors and it would still be a complete story that made sense front to back. Yeah. Kids moving to the big city, getting scammed. They leave to find jobs. Right, exactly. Yeah. That yeah. kind of story has been done. Yeah. And that might be the biggest flaw of the movie, in my opinion, opinion is, you know, if you can do it without Muppets, why are the Muppets in it? Rare. I absolutely get that. You know, that the, the other movies, you can't say that. Like, the, the, you need to, you really need to justify the, you know, the trouble and the cost of, you know, like, it's expensive and difficult to, to make a movie with puppets. 
So why did they make this story with puppets? <laughs> right. I mean, obviously it's you know it's written by it's, Frank Oz. It's not yeah, a real question. I, I think so. it's still funny enough and true enough to the characters to uh, to justify it. Hmm. Um, it's interesting. I I think the characters never just randomly break into song. In, in, that one, in this one, do they? Uh, like well, the, let me the think. first two, uh, they do the sort of traditional musical thing of they sing what they're feeling, like in a, yeah. a musical. But this one, I think all the songs are either performances or like you or, can't take no for an cutaway. answer. Yeah, of, that's the first like, thing I think. On the soundtrack, but it's not really being sung. Yeah, it's, so I think that was another sort of attempt to. The only thing, the only, the only thing I can think of is the 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 rat musical number that might break that mold a little bit. Yeah. And Kermit yeah. at the end does start start breaking out into song, but they're asking him if he remembers the song, so it kind of fits in, I guess. Yeah, yeah true. It's him furthers the plot. Into the performance, and something right? you touched on, they said it's, uh, this is the one that feels like it can be in the real world. Um, something I wrote in my notes is that compared to the last two films, which is all I have to compare it to, it seems like this is the most that humans have acknowledged them as actual animals that they are. Like they, they're constantly referencing the chickens and the dogs and the bears, and you know, yeah. And so I think that uh, was they're, they're, yeah. There are definitely jokes in the previous one. Like the first thing that came to mind was Clorch Leachman in, in the Muppet movie. You know, yeah. allergic to all the all the animal fur. Oh, yeah. And the and the whole the whole conflict of the Muppet frog movie legs, is yeah. based around <laughs> Kermit being a frog yeah. and yeah, Doc Hopper wanting him to do frog legs. Doc Marshall. Hopper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. I'm Doc Hopper. <laughs> we played that wow, clip. That so, great. We wow. played that clip so many times in our that episode. <laughs> I'm Doc Hopper. During the, anytime we mention Doc Hopper, that I that just stuck that in there. Like, <laughs> I'm Doc Hopper. Um, so, German, walk us. Let's start walking through the, the movie from the beginning to the end. Oh I'm going to make you do it and put you on the spot. So, I did notice a much more low key and plain opening credit sequence showing the um, skyline, which I think um, it, you touched on that being set in the real world, directed by Frank Godmitz, is kind of difference. They wanted to set the tone that this is not the meta kind of opening from the last movie where they're falling from the sky and talking about the movie, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's also there There are no references to them being aware that they're in a movie in this one. That's yeah, just true. Yeah. No fourth the first one. Yeah. yeah, the first one had a few, and the second one was the whole thing was about them knowing that's true. Movie, and this one, the next few, and uh, yeah. are they aware they're in a movie in um, Muppets from Space? I don't, I don't recall uh, that one. I don't know that they ever Yeah, do but the rest of them, they definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it was kind of a cute little song from Kermit there. He's kind of scatting, I guess. <laughs> it's interesting. I do. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, yeah, I love that. We have yeah. Together Again, which is a song that Steve has sung most of my life. I've known him, and uh, I never knew what it was from. And now I heard it and had uh, <laughs> some. German memory. is getting references, finally, getting references that I've been using for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and just since we started this series, he's starting to understand my references. It's lovely. <laughs> and you guys will stop yeah. me anytime we get through here. Um, so, oh, oh, we will. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> so from there, I remember picking up a little bit as they go into the musical number at the, it was not the talent show, but I guess the senior show at the end of the variety show they put on. Um, and it was just cool looking out that scattering of 80s mustaches and hairstyles that were out in the audience. <laughs> Which if you, uh, if you had paused, you would have seen uh, Steve Whitmire in the audience and uh, oh, Marty Robinson in there, there or David Rudman or something like that. No, Somebody. David Rudman wasn't with that. I do uh, yeah, definitely Steve Woodmire though. You'll you'll see it among amongst the crowd in his, his very large curly blonde hair. Yeah, <laughs> and the puppeteers 80s, like they cameo uh, all over this movie, don't they? Uh, there's a few more. Uh, Jim and Frank are both in the movie. Um, uh, who else is it? I thought I saw Jim Henson as a carriage driver later. Yeah, Jim Henson's yeah, carriage him. driver. Uh, uh, Frank Oz is in there later on. Uh, they're giving a presentation uh, oh, when right, Kermit's yeah. with the ad company. 
and uh, Frank Oz is sitting around the table. Yeah, he's there like 1.5 seconds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it picks up pretty quickly. The speech was really nice. He gives the crowd. Oh, and the, there's kind of the rapey animal chasing the woman around and the audience laughing at it, but that's, that's a, a yeah, dated that's a, that's a joke that, yeah. didn't, that, that doesn't really date so well no, with no. chasing women. Yeah. They don't really do that anymore. Oh, yeah, over the years, they have really ramped back the animal chauvinism. <laughs> Whoa, <Yeah, yeah>, the, <laughs> Like, the really, stuff. just they're turning that dial way down to zero. Yeah, yeah he eats glass, man. <laughs> Sorry, there's a Frank Oz quote where he uh, he talks about animal and he's what, what is it? Animals all about uh, drums, sex, and I think food it was or something. Five was it five uh, drums, sex, food, something, and pain. I feel like there were five. Oh, of them. Yeah, maybe. And then Frank Oz says, "You don't want to mess with animal. He eats glass, man." <laughs> yeah. That's appropriate. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, yeah, then they decide they're going to take their show on Broadway. And uh, I think the main inspiration for Kermit and Miss Piggy is to, so they can afford to get married, which is very Yeah, sweet. which, by the way, yeah. that is a totally natural thing to just be like, you know what? We're just going to put our show up on Broadway <laughs> and then we'll make a million dollars and then we're going to get married. Of course. Like, that's, what, that's, what, that's what we all did, uh, right? It's also, That's right. <laughs> it's interesting that they start the, the movie with Kermit and Piggy already essentially being engaged and like Kermit is totally okay with that. That's not always the way that Yeah, I did notice that. Usually she's chasing him around until he finally, you know, succeeds to her. Until she beats him into submission. Or or really until they, you know, fall back into the status quo of are they together? Are they not together? I don't know. You have to watch the next thing and find out. By the way, I I just did some some sneaky uh, Googling. It's animals uh, personality is sex, sleep, food, drums, and pain. Oh, sleep. sleep. Sleep was the other one. Yeah. What a weird life. <laughs> yes. And yet totally relatable. Yeah, yeah, of course. So they go around New York looking for a producer to put on their play, not with much success. Uh, well, at first they run into their first one, I think, was uh, Martin Price's office where we see Beverly Crusher, Star Trek Connection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that a great cameo? Who, uh, right. uh, Gates McFadden, who uh, also did some choreography work for uh, Jim Henson. For Labyrinth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, she was assistant choreographer on Dark Crystal also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was her yeah. first thing. And in fact, one of my few pieces of like signed memorabilia is I went to New York Comic Con and took my Dark Crystal poster with me. Nice. And so she's just signing, you know, Star Trek stuff. And I come up and unwrap it and she just stared at it for a moment. Because how many people come to her to get her to sign like yeah, yeah. Muppet stuff? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. She was very happy. Uh, right? so yeah, I've got Gates McFadden's <laughs> signature on a Labyrinth poster. That's, that's awesome. great. Uh, I, I do want to I do want to back up about Martin, the Martin Price scene. Yeah. yeah. So one thing that I, I found I always find interesting about uh, Sick Manhattan is it's the only Muppet movie that does not have a villain. Yeah. And Martin Price is like a, a central antagonist. Yeah, exactly. Martin Price comes closest. And, and by which I mean, he's a villainous character. He is definitely not, you know, the overall antagonist. No, the villain is failure. Yes, exactly. Which is actually yeah. kind of, I mean, that's really, it's, it's, pro- it's progressive. It yeah. makes for unique storytelling. Um, and I don't know, I'd actually be surprised if we ever see, uh, you know, that this kind of story again from the Muppets. Because, yeah. you know, we're, you know, it's kind of, I, mean, I hate to say it's dumbed down now, but it's a little bit dumbed down now. That's kind of what yeah. they were doing on the, the TV show. the. Mm-hmm. the the ABC series, and yeah. then, but then they brought in some sort of slightly like antagonistic characters, I yes. guess, because they felt like that right. was missing. 
And it's it's easy. It's easy conflict to have someone yeah. who just says they they want the opposite and let's fight them. Right. But uh, but yeah, Mar- but Martin Price is definitely the only one who really they have to rally against. Well, kind of what you've been telling me about this movie kind of helps me look at it in a different light and the sentimental aspect and the kind of the characters and having them more well-rounded because my only experience with Sesame Street or the Muppets growing up was uh, Follow That Bird, which is what I had. Oh, on, great movie. I had it on VHS cassette that I recorded off the television and I played it over and over again. I cried every time I watched it. So I think that is something I, I just didn't expect anymore from Muppets was to have this sentimentality and the the touching moments and just to being sweet. And uh, the first oh, yeah. the first two movies I watched weren't really sweet and touching and sentimental. They were goofy, lap, you know, slapstick kind of comedy. So if this is what I'm more going to expect, that's kind of cool. Yeah, there, there's some there's some sweet stuff uh, in those movies. But yeah, but you're right. But, the, but, but in my opinion, the Muppets, the sentimentality of the Muppets, the heart of, of the Muppets that a lot of people talk about works best when it's few and far between. Mm-hmm. We've been seeing like silly stuff, funny stuff. Uh, you know, like this wacky, you know, weird puppet things and, you know, these crazy characters. And then suddenly, you know, Gonzo sings a sad song and you're like, oh my God, my heart. Yeah. You know, that's like that. It's almost like that whiplash that really makes it work so well. Yeah, I would say Mupp- the Muppet movie had more of that than than Great Muppet Caper, probably. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm going to go back there someday. I mean, it's, right. It 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 makes me tear up every time I hear it. My w- wife and I danced to it at our wedding. You know, that's sweet. Yeah, it's, wow. It, it was that's it's a, a sad great, song to dance to at your wedding. It is. I know, but it's sweet <laughs> and about ending up with who you should be with in a universal sense, and I like that. Sure, mm. sure, yeah. So, uh, yep. Okay, we're breaking hearts here. <laughs> Next term, yeah. <laughs> uh, they go eventually. I'm not sure how they got to there, but oh, I think you just go to find their last bit of food because they have no money left. So they go into is it Pete's diner? Mike's yeah, Pete's 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 luncheonette. Yeah. yeah, and uh, he gives that speech to uh, Kermit the Frog uh, all about people as people as people. You know, people as people <laughs> yeah. like that. People as people. I did enjoy it. <laughs> it's fun. It's people. Hey, hmm? I tell you what is hmm? big city. Hmm? Live, work, huh? But not see the open. Only peoples. Peoples as peoples. No as buildings. It's tomatoes, huh? It's peoples. It's dancing. It's music. It's potatoes. So, peoples is peoples. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That helped a lot. Which, by the way, uh, Pete's, Pete's Luncheonette, uh, the exterior that they used was the same as uh, the Seinfeld Diner from the pilot of Seinfeld. Yeah. That looks somewhat huh. familiar. Yeah. And now it's a McDonald's. I know. It's so sad. And like when I moved to New York, I remember uh, looking up on Google Maps or something like that and seeing it there. Be like, I have to go and I have to go see Pete's. Oh, you saw? I saw it before it was was still on Google Maps? Yeah. So like within that time, within like the next few months was when it was knocked down and Uh, turned into McDonald's. Which is terrible. Oh my God, it's terrible. It's it should be a, a national landmark, damn it. Yeah, right. Every should, should, there should be, should be shrines yeah, there. Landmark. That's right. Yeah. Kermit ate here. Oh. <laughs> I, I always love Kermit's moments in all three of these movies so far where he suddenly just gets really deadpan and sarcastic. I think he did it with um, with not Kojak. You just told me his name earlier, Steve. Oh, Peter Falk? Peter Falk in the, in the last oh. movie where he just gets really deadpan. Like, and this one he did again. He's like, thanks. That helped a lot. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I love Kojak. those guys. Columbo. Columbo, man. Columbo. Columbo. Exactly. <laughs> Kojak was in the first movie. Oh, that's right. Kojak was in the Tell, first Tell movie. Tell Savalas. The Night Stalker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
why do we know all these outdated terms? It's ridiculous. I don't know. Uh, We're all old people. <laughs> That's true. We're, which which movie was Ironside in? Hmm. Was he in one of them? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot his name now, though. But yeah, he's he was in Raymond Burr. Oh, right. Raymond Burr was Ironside. Uh, so yeah, they end up at Pete's. Right. And uh, this is where I wrote down in my notes that I was like, this the dialogue doesn't seem as snappy as the last one. And now that I'm talking to you guys, I'm glad we review these things. It makes me look in a different light. and doesn't have to be as snappy, but I was just so used yeah, to I that. Yeah, I think that was intentional. Right. I, th- I was so used to that, and I expected it again. So it was, I went into it blind and said, like, whoa, this is you know, just really yeah. not as you know, fast-paced and quippy as the last movie. It didn't feel like a 1940s yeah. movie anymore. They're still good jokes, but yeah. they're just not yeah. as yeah. funny. It's, it's a little more dry. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. it's also important just to remember like how versatile the Muppets can be. You know, they can they can do, you know, something, you know, a madcap episode of the Muppet Show. They can do a little bit more of a low-key movie. They could do kid stuff. They could do adult stuff. They could do adult, like really adult stuff. Um, you know, I think uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, and that may have been, you know, this is getting a little bit off topic, but it may have been one of the big problems with the uh, recent Muppet TV show yeah. that, that failed because people had certain expectations for what the Muppets should be without realizing, no, no, the Muppets are many things. Yeah, you got to yeah. give them a chance to, to do different things. That's right. That could be the problem that each person has their own personal experience with Muppets because it's so that, ubiquitous. That's that, it, exactly. Yeah, Everybody so, remembers what they remember from when they watched it, at, you know, when they were five years old. And everyone's idea is different. Everyone's wrong except for me is what it is. <laughs> yep, that's accurate. Well, what I remember in my head is what it should be. Well, they can't realize that Muppets can be everything. And it's instead of just one thing that you remember it as, that's difficult. So I can exactly. see that. Same yeah. thing with Star Trek, really. It's like you've seen one movie. It's like they're all very different compared to that one movie. Oh, so. man. Totally. They should be. Totally. Like, I, I got... I got my wife into uh, Star Trek The Next Generation a couple of years ago. Mm. And then she said, let's watch all the movies. And I went, well, we can watch most of the movies. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you need to watch Star Trek one or five. Like we can skip. Oh, bad. Yeah, we're going That's through the all those of skipping Muppets from space. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't need to watch that either. Or Muppets Wizard of Oz. No. See, no. I'm told you German is insisting on watching this thing for this review series. And I'm keeping oh, no, and you absolutely should. I'm going no, to watch everything once. You got everything one time. You got to watch some it. of them. You, don't, you never have to watch. I will also say, and I'm sure you guys know this because you've been reviewing a lot of different things, but like at least in, in my experience, reviewing the bad stuff are, makes for the best reviews. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Well, they're always the most fun bad reviews. Yeah. Because <laughs> you go through so fast if you really loved it. Uh, let's yeah. see. So the gang breaks up. Right. You get to see Muppets say a lot of rapid fire succession sad things, which is kind of rare. That's true. Yeah. Like five sad lines in a row. That's kind of strange <laughs> are, you, are you referring to the song saying goodbye the song well, no, and, and the dialogue leading up to that leading We'd up have to, to the say song. goodbye oh, to each other like you know that whole thing oh sure yeah at the table and the, them yeah. lying to kermit to protect his feelings it's just so dark for the moment <laughs> yeah it really is and it doesn't help that the logic doesn't make a ton of sense not no really. yeah. not at all well what's wrong it's just we've had some job offers Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, well, that's great. Well, th- these job offers are, uh, they're kind of out of town, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of town job offers where they are. What job did I get? Gonzo. Piggy, are you going too? Come here. We go bye bye. Kermit. We'll all write to you and let you know where we are. Yeah, and, and Kermit, we still believe in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
We got to leave. Like, by we himself. still believe in the show, but I'm actually moving to San Francisco, and we're all moving so. to different places to make yeah. it harder for us to all get back together yeah. and do the show. That is quite a little <laughs> plot hole there, but uh, I did love what it led <laughs> yeah. to, which was um, uh, Kermit on the on the on the what building was that? That's the Empire State Building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the frog oh, is yeah, staying. Yeah. The frog is staying. I love that. You hear me, New York? Yeah, that's great. Um, that reminds me, we did a, an email interview a few years ago with a writer who was brought in to kind of uh, punch up the script. And I forget, I think that was David Meech. Does that sound right? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> but I forget if this was one of his ideas that was rejected or just one of the things he remembered from the script. But there was a draft where Kermit is going to the Empire State Building and he, he goes to the elevator and he passes this giant pair of uh, hairy legs like it was King Kong about to take the elevator up to the top of the <laughs> ah, Empire State Building. That would be great. <laughs> but for whatever reason, they cut that. Which actually, and now that we're talking about all the realism of this movie, like that kind of yeah, makes sense. I think it would have really undercut the, the emotional aspect of that right. scene. That's true. Right. Would have been distracting. But then it immediately goes yeah. to Miss, yeah. Miss Picky being all incognito, which I thought was a great breaking from that moment. It was really yeah. fun. But, yeah, uh, I love it. And especially now, now that we live in New York uh, and, you know, all the like the like, eh, it's New York, like the crazy stuff. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's a pig in a trench coat. Like it's a <laughs> lot of racket from across the street. It's a bunch of rats running out of a fancy restaurant. It's like, oh, that actually is accurate. That's yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Out for New York. I think both of us on more than one occasion has reacted to something by going, yeah, it's New York. That's right. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> I think I did it yesterday, actually. Oh, there you go. But uh, saying goodbye, the song. Mm. is probably one of the saddest things I've ever seen in a movie. I think oh, it's one yeah. of the saddest things I've ever seen in my entire and life. That, a lot that's, of that that's comes... That's the thing that makes me cry. Yeah, a lot of it comes from just that we love the characters so much. Yeah. But, man, like, the the shot where uh, Fozzie and Ralph are hugging and they, they're, they're patting each other on the back, and, man, that gets me every time. Yeah, yeah. Saying goodbye why is it sad makes us remember the good times we've had much more to say foolish to try it's time for saying goodbye Man, and like Gonzo just like hitching a ride in the back of that truck. Yeah. And like like drive like the, the truck drives off into the into the distance. Yep. Yep. Sad At least we get to see Scooter riding a bicycle, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That looked really cool. Yeah. That's nice, because yeah. it wasn't actually a little person. It was just some kind of mechanic. That's right. Yeah. Well, because Puppet they, they were bike. like, well, we've had puppets on, on bicycles the last two movies. We yeah. should do this one, too. We still have the, the bicycle. <laughs> just, sh- just show people we can still do it. <laughs> a weird thing that happens in all three movies that I think not a lot of people uh, recognize is Scooter sells popcorn yeah. in all three yeah. movies, which is the most random thing. He sells it in the theater dur- while they're watching them up a movie. Yeah, uh, and then uh, again uh, in the, the, the Mallory thing, Gallery, fin- yeah, finale of the Mallory Gallery in Great Bubba Caper, yeah. and then he is well, I guess he's not technically selling popcorn, but he's working at the theater, uh, the movie theater in uh, Bubba Sig Manhattan. Yeah, Swedish chef. Yeah, you have to wonder if they was it just a coincidence the first two times, and then they realized it, so they did it again. Or, I don't know. <laughs> that is weird. It's true. I had a, yeah. in that scene actually when he was selling popcorn with a Swedish chef. It, has it always been the case that they have real people hands on Swedish Chef? 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They never put like uh, gloves or like uh, anything on there ever because I don't ever remember seeing no. real person hands. Yeah. No, and, and it throws us off when uh, when Andy Samberg on Saturday Night Live used to play the Swedish chef, he would wear gloves. So <laughs> right. we're like, Andy, come like on, no. Gloves. Yeah. Because yeah. it looks so uh, creepy to me realizing that. So I'm like, oh, that looks so off with that face and then real hands. <laughs> like, it's just terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the real reason is because they, you know, he's working with real food. And so that's an easy way to keep the puppet clean. Right. Uh, but uh, Steve, a uh, little trivia. Do you know who performed the hands of the Swedish chef? Ooh. Oh, Lordy, no. I know it, one was pretty... one was male, one was female. No, that's not true. No, oh. that's just old wives' tale. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that tale at all. I think no, you just made that up. <laughs> oh, that's been, that's been one of those one of those little things I've caught in articles over and over again over the years is that one of the hands of the Swedish chef was routinely played by a woman. No, that's Weird. that is incorrect. Uh, also, right. you know the Swedish chef is performed by Jim Henson. Yep. And the hands, uh, at least on the Muppet Show, most is, of the time, is, yeah. as often as possible, were played by Frank Oz. Okay. And he performed both hands. And, uh, you know, on The Muppet Show, what he used to do was uh, they, he would kind of do whatever he wanted to do just to get Jim to react. So, which is why the Swedish chef would throw something across the room because he was trying to throw Jim off and to have Jim, you know, the Swedish chef's head react <laughs> to whatever was happening around him. Well, and who plays Scooter then? Well, Scooter's Richard Hunt. Okay. It's a different guy entirely. Yeah. So they didn't need one of them to totally. be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm glad I could be here to be the ignoramus here. It doesn't yeah. know anything. Well, that's, <laughs> that's often, right, yeah. well, and that's often how, why you see uh, sort of the same Muppet pairs. Right. Sometimes is because it was easier for them to have a character that Jim played and a character that Frank played. That makes sense. Versus two characters that Jim played being in the same scene and having dialogue. Is just yeah, that's true. That, that was you rare. You see that very often. Yeah. Like you're not going to see Dr. Teeth and Ralph talking to each other very right. much. Or, right, or exactly. Well, it's also why in the Muppet movie, you know, Kermit and Rolf sing a song. And so most people at home or, you know, at the time were probably, you know, saying like, oh, how nice is these two characters I love and they're singing a song. But the diehard fans are going, wait a minute, how'd they do that? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, one of those puppets had to be a different puppeteer that that's was right. lip syncing or looped later. And it was Jim yeah. harmonizing with himself. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of amazing. But yeah, but Jim and Frank worked very, very well together. They were very much oh, yeah. in sync. And, uh, you know, they made a great duo. Likewise, uh, Richard Hunt and Jerry Nelson were, uh, you know, very close. Yeah. So they had a lot of uh, character pairs. And uh, Dave Goles and Steve Woodmeyer also were very close and had a lot of character yeah, pairs. Yeah, there are a few sort of teams that, that kind of ended up working together a lot. Hmm. I just listened to a podcast recently on Nerdist, and I can't remember who the guest was talking about it, but they worked with Frank Oz as a director. And somebody on set or something asked him to do one of the voices and apparently that's a huge uh -oh. no no. And he's just like, those <laughs> yeah. are my characters and my babies. I, I'm not uh, like what he's like. I'm not a ventriloquist. W he's, for your he's pleasure. A, yeah, he's not a sideshow. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've heard him say it's not a party trick. Right. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Some of the 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 performers are much more willing to do that. Or and or then you have like the other extreme is Carol Spinney from Sesame Street, who plays Big Bird and Oscar. Who oh, like, he breaks it out all the time. Yeah, he'll talk like Big Bird anytime <laughs> without even being asked. Yes, but but Frank Oz is yeah. You, you're better off just never asking him because yeah yeah he does not want to do that for right. you. Well, and also yeah. Frank re understands you know it's so much more about a character and a full performance and you know a team effort with the people you're working with and the scripts and the you know whatever it is. And it's not just a a voice. Right. Like it's it's right. insulting to think it's just a voice. He's not just a voice actor. It's a puppeteer creating a whole character. Yeah, that always. Yeah. I don't know about Joe, but that always bugs me when I see reviews and things that are like uh, Muppets Must Wanted, starring the voices of Steve Whitmire, and you know, it's like 
Well, they're the voices, but they're also the guys who are like crouching under tables with their limbs contorted into uncomfortable positions for hours on end. They should be in a similar Oscar category, a new category with those um, motion capture people. They should all have their own category. It's kind of a similar similar How Andy Serkis has not won an Oscar at this point blows my mind. Yeah. Destroys my mind. He's a human puppet. Yeah, people don't think of that as acting, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> anyways so we go from this the uh all the people finding their different jobs which is also very sad whenever we get those letters and they're saying oh we're so happy but really their life is miserable wherever they are which is very cute the scene in the cave with the bears and the the weird creepy female bear that wants to snuggle <laughs> which i thought was cute yeah. <laughs> uh one of my favorite scenes near that point is where miss piggy is noticing the relationship blossoming between kermit and i can't remember her name Jenny. J- Jenny. Jenny, sorry. I just watched yeah, the movie. Yeah, Pete's daughter, Jenny. But uh, I love when they start jogging to, to feel better about things. And she goes, oh, dear Lord, jogging. <laughs> Which I thought was <laughs> And her wheezing and everything. So that was a, a good moment. Um, who loves fat jokes? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great scene. Uh, so so fu- this is a funny little aside. So um, a while back, I met a guy who uh, had a website where he found... Um, uh, filming locations from from famous movies all over the city, uh, and uh, I wrote to him because uh, we've always wondered the scene where Miss Piggy catches up with the the purse snatcher, mm-hmm. and uh, she's in Central Park in front of the big rock. You know, whenever I'm in Central Park, I'm like, oh, was it here? Was is that the rock? Like, I don't have a picture in front there of me. There are a lot of rocks. There are a lot of rocks. Park. So I asked this guy if he could help us find it, and he's like, ah, I'll keep an eye out. (laughs) (laughs) I think he genuinely looked for a bit, and then he's eventually like, you know what, I can't. So can you describe it for me? Yes, it's a big rock. It's surrounded (laughs) by trees. Some of the garbage around the the base might include a hacksaw (laughs) and some lingerie and and one shoe. And Kermit will be there. Right, yes. (laughs) Yes. So you never found it. Never found oh, it. Still looking. Still looking. It's a big park. Well, apparently <laughs> it's true. It's one of those park. women that helps her pick up her stuff is one of the uh, performers from Dark Crystal. I don't think that's true. I no, think that yeah. was a misconception that got spread around the internet. Oh, yeah, because it sounded like the, years, sound like the uh, trivia yeah. page for IMDb. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's not. I don't think that's yeah, accurate. Because if you look quickly, very quickly, yeah. uh, one of them looks a little bit like Kathy Mullen. Right. Who, uh, she worked on Dark Crystal. So I think she confirmed Fraggle that. Rock. It was definitely not. Well, now we, we look I mean, at we it. Know we know what she looks not, like. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not her. Oh, gotcha. Um, which is a shame because actually was a, would have been a perfect opportunity for for a cameo for sure. some of the puppeteers. But, but yeah, no, I, I don't I think they were just extras. That makes sense. Yeah, some Muppet fans love to try to look for patterns in places where there are no patterns. <laughs> Conspiracy Muppet theorists. Yeah. Like that guy has a beard. Maybe it's Jim Henson. (laughs) Uh, So I think that what we're missing in all this is one of my favorite driving forces of the remainder of the film, which is Kermit's ploys and cheap tricks to try to get the show picked up. I I love it. Let me let me just say just spectacular. (laughs) It's it feels like when when you put it on paper, it feels a little bit out of character for Kermit because, you know, he is manipulating. He's lying. You know, he was doing whatever he can. Oh, yeah. He's being sneaky. Which is stuff that Kermit really doesn't do. And, uh, you know, we found out, you know, in the, um, uh, the 2011 Muppet movie, there was supposed to be a, 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 a storyline that was, that was nixed about, you know, the bad guy is really Kermit in disguise. And he's, you know, trying to get it. He really is just a ploy to get his friends back together. And a lot of people rubbed him the wrong way. Yeah, they say Kermit lame. doesn't lie. Well, I completely disagree because yes. that's exactly what he does in the Muppet well, movie. Oh, yeah. Sure. He lies. He risks 
like ruining the reputation of a restaurant. He does all sorts of right. terrible things. In this exactly. Movie. But the thing is, is like that's like Kermit. It's re- it's way too easy to have him become a passive character and for him to be sad until things get better. Because that yeah. is what happens. That has happened too often in recent years. Correct. And that'll become boring after a while. Right. Yeah. So this was like, I thought it was a, just a perfect way to get Kermit to be active and for him to fight for something and to be funny. Like the, the scene where he, he's got the afro and he runs into <laughs> Leonard Weinstop's agency. Balfo Lenny. Socko Lenny. Oh, so man. That's when he pretends to be, is he, a, he's pretending to be a producer? Yeah. Or a, an agent? Yeah, I think he's a producer. Something like that. And he runs in with the script and and makes a fool of himself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Weinstock? Yeah. A frog with an afro. Hi, you Lenny, sweetheart babe. I just flew in from the coast. Hey, I love your office. Don't change a thing. Say, listen, Lenny, my private plane's double parked outside, so I got to run, but I got this Bafo Sacco script for a Broadway slot called Manhattan Melodies. It's totally today, yet tremendously timeless, and I am giving you first look-see because we're like family. Have I ever lied to you, Lenny? Whoop. I think I hear my beeper. Listen, I got a split. I'll have your people call my people, okay? We'll take a meeting, all right? We'll set a conference call. And remember, Lenny, Bafo Lenny, Sacco Lenny, okay? I'll call you. We'll have lunch. Ciao. Uh, that costume alone is worth it. Oh, it's yeah. a great scene. It's funny. It's a side of Kermit you don't get to see very often. Like, he's actually got all this energy, which, like, again, like, later Kermit has much less of. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, it was wise for them to go in that direction. Yeah. yeah. Especially since this really is Kermit's movie. It's, yeah. it, it's also an ensemble, but it's really Kermit's movie. It's great, too, that at the end of that, he, uh, as soon as he closes the door, he's, he's like, breathing heavy, kind of like breath, recovering yeah. from that because it took a lot out of him. Yeah. yeah. That's a good character moment. It, and then I, I love yeah. in the restaurant uh, that it opens with basically Muppet Man. Muppet Man? Oh, yeah. Kermit with all the rats under his... Uh, he's, he's on top of the rats and they're walking. Yeah. Yep. Reservation. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> well, reservation secretary, mini reservation. reservation. <laughs> so the Pete's Luncheonette is no longer there, but the good news is Sardi's restaurant in uh, New York City still has the caricature of Kermit up on the wall. That's right. It's yeah. near the bathroom on the it second floor. Bathroom, if you're yes. ever looking for it, we uh, we went there. What was it, like a year ago? Two years ago? It was a couple of years ago. Yeah. But yeah, it's there. Which And also the, um, the picture of uh, Liza Minnelli that he takes down is like that that that's actually the picture of Liza Minnelli that's up at Sardi's so yeah, that's, that's awesome. on the wall as well wow that's killer the same ones they touched <laughs> that's right yeah hey, that's 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 how that's how we think oh absolutely I know how that is yep yeah so we had the Jim Henson carriage driver I noticed that off the bat he was purposely like turning his head away from the camera I felt like but that hair and beard I mean yeah you an escape mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well also the fact that he's wearing jeans which I feel like oh, I didn't notice that it was like <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's something I notice it every time because it's like, shouldn't he be dressed a little bit nicer? I mean, not that real carriage drivers are dressed that nice, but <laughs> like, I think, you know, what people think of a carriage driver in Central Park, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's funny. Uh, and one thing I think that we just accidentally chronologically skipped that uh, I, I think we've been skipping a lot of things. was the Joan Rivers scene. Oh, I skipped it on purpose. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> no, I no, let's go this. back to Joan Rivers for a second. <laughs> That's a first of all. I think this is <laughs> It's just she's funny and Piggy's funny and it's got this great build. Yeah, it, it does. It keeps building and like yes. it gets more and they get increasingly frantic and increasingly yes. hysterical. But the best thing, now that I've seen that scene, probably 119 times. <laughs> um, Legit. The fact that like they had to do that in one take because they are ruining that Miss Piggy. Unless moment. they had another yes. one standing by. But Miss I mean, Piggy is, as far as we've heard, a character that they 
it takes a, it's expensive and time consuming to make a piggy. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, and it's also like Frank Oz is just that good of a performer that he knew that like yeah we can do this thing in one take yeah you know and Joan Rivers is just such a pro. It does. It definitely sounds spontaneous because you have lines like. Uh, Joan Rivers says, you need doe eyes. And she says, what are doe eyes? And Joan Rivers says, doe eyes are Bambi eyes. <laughs> just very random. Yeah, what it does is. that mean? Well, it I think is. that what German might be feeling might be exactly what you guys are describing is the difficulty of doing it in one shot is that I feel that that scene uh, feels detached because you have one basic one set shot of Joan yeah. Rivers and Piggy. Camera doesn't really move a whole lot. You don't get a lot of other angles on it. Yeah, that was, and that was kind of feeling. These cutaway reaction stagnant. shots yeah. that from people that are a little bit far away. I, I can see what German's saying about it not being as integrated, but, and that could be a result of them only getting one chance to do it. So they had to do it a certain way. That makes a lot more sense when I think about it, because like, yeah, there, there was a two shot the whole time. They never cut away until the end when they're basically, you know, completely covered, and then they cut away and show people yeah. staring at them. And so that makes sense why it felt just out of place for me, because that whole other movie is shot normally back and forth between characters. And this is just a two shot, like you're watching a, a play or a live TV show or something. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a good point. And, um, you know, I'm also realizing as we're talking about this, that, uh, it is one of the, it was among the crazier things that happen in, in the, in the movie, um, just because of the energy that, that they're going through, but you compare it to some of the crazier elements of any other Muppet production. That's true. And it just, I mean, just again, on paper, like, it just pales in comparison because all they're doing is putting on makeup and laughing. It stands out in this yeah. movie. Yes. Uh, but again, it's because it's so real. And I wonder if that's also because of it's this movie, uh, more so than any other Muppet movies, is um, such a product of, of its time. And, like, this is just kind of what, you know, 80s rom-com-ish movies were like. It's very, yeah. like, When Harry Met Sally, yeah. you know, like that same kind of, of, of humor. Uh, and I don't know. I, I don't actually have a theory about this. It's just kind of hitting me right now. So I'd have to do, put more thought into it. But like, you know, that isn't that far fetched. It's not that far out of the question. It's weird because you say True. that rom com thing because that scene with Kermit yelling, you know, I'm staying. It just for some reason immediately hit me. That could be like Tom Hanks or Bill, Billy Crystal sitting there saying that in that shot, the way it yeah. was done. It, <laughs> yeah. it felt like one of those movies from like the 80s, early 90s kind of thing. Yeah, I, I just has been compared to Tom Hanks before. I just watched Splash for the first time recently. Oh, first time. Wow. I've never seen a seen one. And uh, yeah, like it, that's something I could see Tom Hanks mm -hmm. running around the, the same. It's the same city around the same time. Yeah, it's true. You know, with with yeah. this, you know, animal human hybrid. <laughs> of course. And then one of my favorite scenes from when I was a kid comes shortly after that, which is the Central Park chase scene. Oh, with Greg, it's Greg so Hines. great. <laughs> Keep the skates. Keep the skates. I never use them anyway. I just like to run around in shorts. Gregory Hines is perfect. All he wants to do is run around shorts. And Gregory Hines <laughs> is great. It's a little distracting in the shots where it becomes very obvious that it's a, a human in a Miss Piggy costume. <laughs> yes. in the roller skating. That's a little creepy, yeah. Maybe not quite as distracting as that one shot in Great Muppet Caper where she dives off the top of the, <laughs> the fountain into the swimming pool. Yep. Because <laughs> it's not... They, they, I don't think they ever go quite as close up on her. But yeah, that's, that's a little... A little weird. I read an interview, uh, and I wish I could remember any of the details about it um, uh, right at this moment. But there, there, there was an interview out there somewhere with the actress who played Miss Piggy in that scene. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. Who is doing the roller skating? Yeah, because she's yeah. a she's a, a little person who is also like a pro skater, which is like that weird Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah, of exactly. Oh, who so many of those. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's a great scene. And then and and I, the scene where where Gregory Hines is is you know 
in the middle of this oh, conversation yeah. that he doesn't understand anything yeah. about oh, yeah. is one of the best. Like that's one of the best cameos. You gave her the huggies. <laughs> you gave Jenny the huggies. That was my favorite. That was my favorite cameo of the movie. Yeah, by far. Yeah, I actually, uh, um, I think it was for an article I wrote for the website. I realized I, I wanted to embed that scene in the article, and I realized that no one had uploaded it to YouTube yet at the time. What? So I posted just yeah, I posted just that scene on YouTube so I could put it in my article, and it's been funny over the last few years to see comments come trickling in and it's like <laughs> people have started debating who was right and who was wrong and wow between Kermit and Piggy and That's the funny. answer is yeah. Hitler of course because it's the internet yes <laughs> oh always yeah it always uh, comes down to that so Piggy Kermit now knows Piggy's in town Piggy takes a job at Pete's Diner mm-hmm. well hang on hang on you skipped I, a pretty important yeah. scene here oh, yeah, yeah, the baby scene this is the, the introduction of the scene that led to eight years of Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Muppet Babies debuted like two months after this was released, I think. Something like that. It was Something a, like that. I feel like it was a little bit further because I don't, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm just kind of going off a of fuzzy memory here, but like this was kind of a test to see if audience was, audiences would like it and then they decided to make a Saturday morning cartoon. But I, is I that think not accurate? they made the decision to make the cartoon before the movie had come out. Mm, I think okay. they once they actually saw the the sequence with the puppets, yeah. they decided that it was that it was gonna work. Now when I was a kid, um I was not much of a Muppet Babies fan because uh you know, I liked the Muppets. Yeah. And Muppet Babies was a baby version of that. Like like the like young Joe did not could not comprehend. I that. always hated like in third grade or so when I would say I liked the Muppets and somebody would go, "Oh, Muppet Babies!" <laughs> no, <laughs> the Muppets. Jeez, man. All right, here it is. Uh, Muppet Baby. So. Muppets Take Manhattan came out July of 84, and Muppet mm-hmm. Babies debuted September. Wow. Okay. Same year. Yeah, so they they right. definitely had already well, started on it. But the thing that I, I don't think, it took me until like maybe I was a teenager to really appreciate that scene, the, the Muppet Babies scene in the movie, because it's not just that it's Muppets, uh, uh, sorry, puppets, uh, puppet versions of the, of the cartoon characters. Um, but like the puppetry in that scene is phenomenal. Like oh, yeah. if you watch it again, the puppets are really small and the puppeteers are completely hidden in these like tiny holes in the carpet, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like I honestly don't know where they are in most of the scenes. Like or how these puppets move, you know. I think my favorite aspect of the scene is that you get to hear their interpretation of baby voices. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing of baby their versions of their own characters, right? <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, also interesting that there's no baby animal in that scene. That's true. And he would become like the breakout star. Exactly. Babies. Yeah. So you do get well, to see baby animal in Muppet Family Christmas. I was just going to say this. Yeah. Yeah. Muppet Family oh, Christmas. Right, they had the right. He ruins the, huh. ruins their pageant and then ruins the film. That's right. <laughs> oh, animal. Yeah. Um, so they obviously had the puppet. I don't recall if, if, if the puppet shows up in the uh, music video for I'm Always Gonna Love You. Or, I I'm Gonna Always Love You. I don't think so. But by oh, the way, yeah. if you haven't seen that music video, you should definitely, definitely. I've got to check it out, out now. It, you really I should. It's phenomenal. It's, yeah. uh, it's bizarre. And it's, again, like product of its time. Like, Absolutely. If they wanted this thing to be on MTV. Yeah. Jim Henson shows up as himself uh, with slick back hair. A very brief uh, cameo. Uh, he's got these like 
eighties like thin sunglasses, like wraparound sunglasses. Oh, I have. The, I've seen a reference to that. They show a quick clip of it in uh, the Muppets celebrate Jim Henson. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, that's what that's okay. From. So that's the yeah. I didn't know what it was from, but I'll check it out now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, and I guess like they had the puppets for like photos and stuff because they have the some Muppet Babies. Yeah, there uh, were some like, books. There was a fairy calendars. tale book where they were. Yeah. it was puppets. Yeah. Huh. So I. Yeah, just such a weird phenomenon, these these Muppet Baby puppets yeah. that yeah. they use like three times and then never again. And they were adorable. They were adorable. <laughs> and it, the whole Muppet Babies uh, thing started the craze of like everybody else then started doing younger versions of yeah. their established characters. Like, yeah, Flintstone Flintstone's kids. kids yeah. A pup named uh, Scooby-Doo yeah. and uh, yeah, Yo-Yogi. Yo-Yogi. Yeah. <laughs> we probably wouldn't have Rugrats without that too, I'd imagine. That's right. Yeah, that may be true. Yeah, Rugrats. I always, I always thought Rugrats was kind of a, uh, you know, that stole the ideas from proving that that funny talking babies were. Well, it wasn't just talking babies. It was babies, and like all the stories had to do with their imaginations running wild. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. Uh, okay, so back to the story. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, What's what story? We're, that's we're part of the story. dream sequences. And- so uh, they get a job. She gets a job at Pete's. Kermit gets a letter uh, from Bernard Crawford, a Hollywood, uh, not Hollywood, <laughs> Broadway producer, uh, and goes to meet him, thinking he's going to pitch the show. But he finds his son instead. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Ronnie Crawford. Ronnie Crawford. Ronnie Crawford. Who Bernard Crawford, Crawford, by the way, played by uh, Art Carney, who worked with the Muppets. Uh, do, do you know the year 1960 something or other? Oh, in uh, yeah. The Great Santa Claus? Great Switch? Santa Claus. 1970. Switch. 1970? Yeah, with uh, uh, the Ed Sullivan show. And he also appears in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, no way! That's who that yeah. was. Oh. Oh. Wow, way to tie it together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was the worst part of that. Yeah, I thought I recognized him. <laughs> oh. No, he wasn't. No. There was a lot of other worst parts of that. <laughs> that's true. I'm, I'm exaggerating. Well, th- <laughs> They all tie for worst part. I noted that that scene had a very uh, questionably progressive uh, line in it. Where he says, "Dad, I have great news," and he's like, "If you two are in love, I don't want to hear about it." <laughs> and so, yeah, I was that's like, true. Well, I actually thought produced, about that. Uh, that would be that progressive. He, uh, he obviously, he doesn't, well, he, he doesn't supportive. want to hear about it. But the fact that they actually included that line in there, I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." Half not progressive because <laughs> of how he's saying it, but also it was like just including it is that a good thing? I'm not sure. It's like I don't know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that he would have been okay with it if they were dating. He would have. <laughs> he would have been like, "Look, I don't understand it." But, like, give me some time, and I will be supportive. <laughs> it's not because he's a man, like it's because he's a frog, he that's why. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so wait. Uh, go ahead, Steve. You're doing better at this than I okay, was. Okay, so, <laughs> um, so they, they're going to do it. He runs out excited, misses the crosswalk, gets hit by a cab. They, uh, so they're going to produce the show, but he only has, what, like a week to, to put it all weeks. together? Two weeks. Two weeks. I don't yeah. think does he know that at the time though? No, he, no, no, he doesn't yeah. know. Not until it's not until Ronnie comes Ronnie in later up. and announces it to everyone else. Yeah, oh, I mean, okay. we assume he doesn't know okay, because right. we don't know what the conversation. Right, right, well, actually, true. we do know. He, he runs right out the door, um, so he yeah, didn't have any, he doesn't get any details. Yet. But yeah, he runs right into traffic. <laughs> which now here's the thing. Now, uh, Steve, was it you who said you lived in New York? Yeah, previously. So you know, uh, there's so much traffic in this city. Like cars can't really get to to high speeds to really like to really you know, nail someone hit, to yeah. hit you hard enough not for, in the middle of the day like that right no to absolutely hit not. you hard enough to to give you you know cartoon knee uh, amnesia <laughs> so yeah. 
I don't know where I'm going with this. I thought that maybe this was no, no. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, So he ends up in the hospital. Yep. Uh, with the worst doctor ever, Linda yep. Lavin, yeah. former no, I, Muppet Show guest star Linda Lavin, right? right? And she does things like she uh, she uh, twists his arm and, and that's my one of my favorite face. parts. And I love it. She says, I love when they do puppet comedy like that, like just messing with the puppets for for comedic effect. Well, I just True. love the joke again. Did not get this as a kid, but like the joke where she she does those weird tests and then she goes, no doubt, no doubt about it, you got amnesia. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? How was that an amnesia test? I did laugh at that one. That was good. No doubt about it, you have amnesia. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is you were found with no identification and, oddly enough, wearing no clothing. So, I did some research into the major nudist colonies in the area and I think I've come up with something. Mm-hmm. You are Mr. Enrico Tortellini of Passaic, New Jersey. Well, I really don't feel Italian. It was just a long shot. We were also positing the other day, uh, you know, when she says, you know, I think we know, I've, we figured out who you are. You're Mr. Enrico Tortellini of per se, New, New Jersey. Jersey. And we thought, you know, whatever happened to Enrico uh, Tortellini of New Jersey? Still he might still be wandering the streets of New York with no idea who he is. And no clothes on. He, he, no he thinks he's a frog. Yeah. It's just crazy. That's right. He's Italian nudist with nowhere to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Without a home. Uh, Poor guy. You should write that fan fiction somewhere. Yes. The world wants to know. <laughs> so Kermit is missing. Uh, Pete calls back all of the Muppets with the most nonsensical telegram ever. Yep. <laughs> yep. Pop, could you send telegrams to Kermit's friends? Oh, please. Hockey, dokey. Let's go. Great. Come on. He's no sweat. I like good. Dear bears and chickens and things, is New York. He's playing. He's time. Pete is a big uh, fan favorite, I think, among Muppet fans. Oh, absolutely. And meanwhile, they're looking for Kermit. Leads to a big musical montage of them. Oh, yeah. So it's one of our and... favorite uh, 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 musical instrumental moments for me yeah. and Ryan. As we, we walk the streets of New York and we go, dude, dude. That's our uh, searching for Kermit music. It's adorable. That's how we met Ed Koch. No, it's not true. We didn't meet Ed Koch that way. Didn't he die like last year or something? Yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah former Ed Koch. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what horrible. he is. I guess he's still All I know Koch. is Ed Koch. No, he's not. He's, he's, he's not anything right now. Formerly living Ed Koch. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. That was a good cameo, though. Um, it was, that was that was a good cameo. So they're yeah. looking for him. Kermit looking for a job now in clothing. Now he doesn't know who he is. Accidentally wanders into what an ad agency. That yeah, which is right. also interesting as as we were discussing like like the the realism of this movie. And then just to make it a little bit more real, Kermit gets a job as a boring admin. <laughs> yeah, and they're all frogs, uh, which is great. I actually really enjoyed all, all the frogs. interactions with them. And you guys tell me if this is true, but they had this in the trivia section that. Apparently, this is all an allegory of Jim Henson's career because apparently, when he couldn't get success at first, he tried to work at an ad agency. Uh, no, no, that's no, that's <laughs> you guys that's, need to work on this IMDb people, page and like fix it for him. We get speculating. Yeah, please, we'll start, yeah, get we'll right start by deleting everything. Yeah, right. But <laughs> but I will say there are two what, things in there that are probably true. What's interesting about that scene is uh, the other puppeteers who are playing the other frogs are all doing their Kermit the Frog impression. Oh, fun. I yeah. thought it was uh, all Jim Henson. One of whom, one of whom is Steve Whitmire. 
So you hear Steve Whitmire. I can't remember if he's Gil or Bill. I don't know which one's which. But uh, doing his Kermit impression, which, like, if you close your eyes, that's the Kermit the Frog that we got from 1990 to today. Yeah. Oh, wow. True. I just love the whole Gil, Bill, and Jill. That was just really fun. Oh, yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. That's, that stuff is that stuff is gold. Yeah. And Ocean Breeze Soap will get you clean. Yeah, that's brilliant. Love it. Oh. It's like an ocean cruise, except there's no boat, boat no water. You don't have to go anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> Love it. For people who don't want to stink. <laughs> He's got a weird voice uh, he puts on, too, as the amnesia. Amnesi- I can't say that word. Yeah. Apparently, Amnesic? when he forgets who he is, he also forgets how he speaks. It's like a robot. Right, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. I guess. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so the, the, four, the four of them are out to lunch and add lunch, and they stumble into Pete's diner. And all the Muppets have basically given up on finding Kermit. And Kermit somehow remembers and plays the glasses. Dun, 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 dun. Someone overhears it. They realize it's Kermit. Everyone freaks out. Mommy. Kermit remembers no one. <laughs> Tragic. Tragic. Sadness. So he's dragged to the theater because the show's got to go on. They're trying to get him to remember. And then finally, what fixes all amnesia, from what I understand from cartoons, Takes a hit to the head and remembers. Yeah, why isn't that the first thing they tried? They really should have. Like, I feel like I've seen that in Looney Tunes. I've seen that everywhere. They obviously hadn't seen that episode of Gilligan's Island where Gilligan got hit the head with a coconut and lost his memory. That's right. (laughs) And then got hit by another coconut and got it back. That's how it works. (laughs) Yes. What a a brilliant show that Gilligan's Island. Absolutely. Absolutely. Teaching us things about anatomy and how to kill ourselves. Medical science. Now, this scene was the first scene. They've only seen the movie, but I actually teared up a little bit when he was he got his memory back and was slowly singing to them, and they were all so happy he remembered who he was. Like I, I teared up a bit at that scene. That was very touching. Piggy, Fozzie, where am I anyway? What's going on? You're going on. It's Broadway. You made it. That's right. The script isn't ready. There's still something missing. No, it's terrific. We gotta tell everybody Kermit's okay. Come on. Kermit, Kermit, do you remember the opening number? You mean, look at me. Here I am. Right where I belong. I see that face coming back to me like an old familiar song. What better place could anyone be? Cause you're here with me. It's all I've been looking for and so much more. And now I'm here, now you're here. Nothing can go wrong cause I am right where I belong. Yeah, so I I rewatched the movie recently with my wife and she she said that was the one scene that took her out of it a bit because... um, Miss Piggy's style is so dated because she's got the you know the permed blonde uh, hair. It's not a good way, look for Miss Piggy and way too much uh, uh, eyeshadow. Oh. So like it looks like she's got these sleepy black eyes. Uh, <laughs> I mean by black eyes I mean like she got punched in the eye, not like she's got yeah. black pupils. And uh, <laughs> black it's like oh Kermit's like he remembers his friends. And he's singing this sweet song. And there's Gonzo and Fozzie and Rolf and Scooter and oh God Piggy. Why? <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> yeah, she her her wig in this is pretty terrible. That's true, because yeah. the rest of their looks are all timeless, whereas hers, she has different hair depending on her mood or the time era. 
Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah the, it's the era. They really. tried yeah. to make it contemporary, but now it just makes it look dated. Yeah. Just like Star Trek. <laughs> That's right. And then the the whole ending, you know, the the multiple musical numbers leading into one another, all mounting to what as a kid really bummed me out. But now that I'm older, I appreciate it. The wedding scene when everything kind of slows down. Yeah. I remember I'd basically shut the movie off at that point. I was the good. fourth wall completely is obliterated. Where's the audience? Actually, no, it's the opposite. No, the fourth, the fourth wall appears. Built. Yeah, <laughs> right. the audience suddenly ceases to exist, and it's just uh, Muppets in a in a church watching Kermit Piggy getting married. Yeah, yeah. With with all their friends from Sesame Street and and the Muppet Show and even and, Fraggle. Yeah, there's if you look closely, Uncle traveling, traveling Matt. Matt, he makes a little appearance there in the front row. Uh, and you got yeah the the pig family and the frog family on the respective right. sides. Yeah, the babies and the grand. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's probably crazy yeah. to film. I would imagine. Oh yeah, sure. yeah, yeah hundreds of puppeteers. Yeah. yeah, but like so worth it. Like how great is that? And and again, like you know, um, uh, I feel like it harkened back a lot to the Muppet movie, which ended with you know hundreds a musical of puppeteers, big, right. like oh, really God, scene, beautiful. Paying, both of these scenes paying a huge respect to just the history of Jim Henson and the Muppets. And everyone, everyone's there, you know, look oh, at yeah. all these characters, look at all these puppets we have. Yeah. Yeah. And they're here, but they're here to celebrate, like in the Muppet movie was here to, they were there to celebrate the art of, of this movie that they created and, and the connection, the rainbow connection of, of all these people and characters coming together to create something wonderful. But this was like, they're all here specifically for Kermit and Piggy. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of a beautiful uh it was kind of paying off what the audience had been the relationship that the audience had been following since the muppet show Mm -hmm. that's true yeah the will they won't they (laughs) right was was i do an unsuspecting scene that he's like not about to say yes because he's like oh crap this is actually a real wedding now and he actually has a moment of hesitation (laughs) i appreciated that well which is like man like so ryan and i both uh, got married within the past few months uh congrats to different people and thank you yeah, but like <laughs> i was i was waiting for you to finish that sentence i was like to each other no no to, 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 to different people yeah to no, different we're, people. We're good. Uh, but you know the the whole idea of you know you're up on the altar and you're saying do you know they're saying do you and if you have to think about it even if the answer is yes, yeah, probably shouldn't you be shouldn't up there. have been there in the first place. Uh, that's right right yeah yeah <laughs> full disturbing yeah, not a good way to start off a marriage yeah and it's purposeful, obviously. They wanted that there to show his hesitation. I wonder why. It's like, I guess. Well, and talking about the seriousness of the scene and, the, you know, the, the sort of stark fact that there's only one human and it's the priest. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. Like, only one person. And that they point out that the wedding is serious because they could have put a puppet in there and it would have been really silly. Probably you put a real priest in there and then they and then they even mention the line of I thought Gonzo was going to be the priest. So you know it's for real. That's yeah. right. Oh, yeah. And that, that guy actually was a real priest that they cast. Right. So role. now Jim Henson and Frank Oz are married. <laughs> That's right. That's how that works. If they're in love, I don't want to hear about it. Or the <laughs> Well, that's, that's the thing with the ending there. I just thought like a lot of movies end in a wedding, but they end with like a da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, and it ends. This one was like da-da, and it ended. I was like, what? What? Is it over? Oh, but no, they, but then they got to go live up on the moon. <laughs> How nice is that? That's where they had their honey. I really thought it was going to pull out and then it's, show. That's why they call it that. I thought like the thing was going to pull out and they showed the audience clapping and the enjoying thing. So I guess that was, that was purposeful and that's great because it's different and I wasn't expecting it, but I just felt kind of like, it's Ugh. funny that they just sort of, uh, they just sort of 
forget the idea that the audience exists. Yeah, and it's just done. Yeah, Jarman, this is a special show just for you. <laughs> it is. There is no audience. <laughs> you are the audience, bud. Well, and you've always <laughs> been here. We've all always been the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm special. But no, no, you can't be in the audience. You have to be in the show along with all the other bears and dogs and frogs and, and chickens, chickens and, things. and things. That would be great. <laughs> so you guys as a whole, uh, out of all the movies that there are, how do you rate this one? I guess also in comparison to the first two. Let's say the first three. Right, let's say the <laughs> well, first three no, down I think a of, There's a lot. Of all the theatrical Muppet movies, this is probably my third favorite. Okay. I think I yeah. would go Great Muppet Caper, Muppet Movie, and then this one. But I love all three of them. Yeah, yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, this is, I, I go back and forth between this one and the Muppet movie as my favorites. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm really feeling like a love affair with, with Muppet Sig Manhattan. So, like, wow. I mean, it's just, I just, I think it's just such a wonderful movie. Uh, Muppet movies is more iconic, um, which is why it's that the one. the obvious choice. It, it is right. the obvious choice. But, like, then you watch it and you're like, of course it's right. the best movie. <laughs> um, but the, the funny thing is, is that no matter what people say about it, you know, Muppet fans especially... It, it's always it's never a question of whether you like it the movie or not. It's where does it fall in, on your top three of yeah. all the of all yeah of all the Muppet movies. Sometimes Muppet Christmas Carol makes it into the maybe makes it a top four because that's oh, yeah. a great movie as well. But the other ones, they yeah, it's it they they might as well not exist because we're really talking about those originals. Yeah, absolutely. You're never tempted to move uh, Muppet Christmas Carol to number three on your list. No, it just it, I think it depends I, on the I, season. I love the movie, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a seasonal yeah, favorite, four. so you can enjoy. It can be in your top three sometimes. It is, and sure. I mean, you guys will obviously talk. You'll talk about this more when you guys get to Muppet Christmas Carol. But um, you know, Muppet Christmas Carol is it's not a Muppet movie. It's a Michael Caine movie that has Muppets in it, right? And yes. I feel like that was something that I had to personally get my wrap my brain around uh, the, after the first couple of times I saw it to really enjoy it because you know Muppets just make this story better. But it, it it's 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 a completely different animal from from yeah. the, the the original three. It's also kind of the movie they had to make in the the Jim Henson the post Jim Henson era. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the tough part about them that that stint where they didn't do like original stories when they were doing adaptations. You know, Treasure mm-hmm. Island, Christmas Carol. That there was already a framework in place, and that wasn't necessarily Jim's style. He wanted to be able to go everywhere and do everything. But when you have to and, and we stay within to the see, confines of a story that already exists, that makes it difficult. Exactly. We wanted to see the characters do unpredictable things, but they were a little bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I don't I don't like, uh, you know, saying what Jim would have done is or what Jim would have thought is. I don't, I don't like yeah. doing that. But but I, I would guess that, you know, if someone said, hey, we should do Muppet Christmas Carol, if Jim was still alive, he would have said. Okay, well, we're going to do it, but we're going to have it go in a completely different direction. We're going to show how the Muppets screw it up, and there's and that's going to be funny. You know, yeah. take the the story that you're familiar with and just completely turn it on its heel. And uh, you know the the fact that they did a one of the best adaptations of the book that you know has ever been on film. Just one of the truest to, to the original. Exactly. Like it really is, which is yeah. unexpected yeah. but funny. It, right. It goes to show, like again, how versatile the Muppets can be. Yeah. Well, Steve, where does this one fall on your personal list of favorites? I'm with him. It probably juggles between two or three. I feel like Caper and this are sort of tied for different reasons. Okay. I, I, as, a the, as a theater kid, I love the big dreamer move to the big city and make it aspect uh, right, of Take uh, Manhattan. But the smarmy humor in Great Muppet Caper is just too good to pass up. So I don't know. I feel like they juggle second for me. All right. 
That's fair. That's, That's reasonable. Fair. Yeah. And your first yeah. is the Muppet movie? Yes. Hmm. Good to know. So it's all downhill from here. It's all downhill. <laughs> Guys, tell tell Jarman there are some good things after these three, well, too, right? So, sure there are. I mean, technically it's downhill. <laughs> oh, boy. You're but not helping me. Help but me here, convince him it's going to be okay. Muppet Christmas Carol is, is a fantastic movie. I have movie. seen that it's, one when I was a kid. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's just great. I think you're going appreciate to it, appreciate it even more as an adult. Right. Muppet Treasure Island is... Awful. Here's where Joe and I differ. On it's this terrible. Level. Ryan's wrong. Muppet <laughs> Treasure Island is is fun. It's flawed, but it's it's a perfectly entertaining. It's not the best Muppet movie, but it's perfectly entertaining. It's in fact the worst Muppet movie. <laughs> no, because the one they made after that is I would Muppets rather watch Space. Muppets from Space. And that day, is crazy. Than Muppet Treasure Island. That is. I don't know crazy. how to. Re- yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't agree. But with here's that. the thing. But then. But then. Uh, after these two terrible movies, you get a bounce back with the two more recent movies. All we had to do was wait yeah. 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got a good one in The Muppets, and then we got a really good one in Muppets Most Wanted. And then you just have to ignore Muppet Wizard of Oz entirely. Just push it off to the side with a broom. Just say no. Oh, well, that's, a, well, that's, that's not a theatrical movie. Direct-to-TV movies don't count. Yeah, if you're, if you're talking about that, suddenly you open up the... That's a whole other... Yeah. 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 Uh, but Steve, Steve, did you actually watch Muppets Most Wanted? Oh yes. Okay, good. Because of course. we have found we. I've asked this to any to pretty much everyone. Uh, that most people I I ask, even the diehard fans, did you see the movie? And they go, yeah, I never really got around to it. It's like, or a lot of them even it. will be like, oh, I love the Muppets, and you'll say, oh, did you see Muppets Most Wanted, the most recent one? And they would go, oh, what, what was that? When did that come? There's another one. Or, yeah. No, my favorite one is the most recent one, Muppets Most Wanted. They go, is that the one with Jason Segel? I go, Ugh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, are you gonna are you gonna slip uh, follow that bird into your uh, your rotation? We very well could. Uh, yeah, we have talked about it before on the show. It but but I think that's one of the few things that you had growing up, right? In common, I've seen that one. I've seen Muppet Treasure not Treasure Island, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, and follow that bird is pretty much like all I had seen. <laughs> so, but if you do follow that bird, do you have to do Elmo and Grouchland? Yeah, that's the I rule. saw it one time when I was working at Blockbuster and got a free rental, but other than that, no. Is that I a feature-length movie? That yeah. Is. It was released theatrically. Yeah. Wow. And it's awful. <laughs> that one is not great. All right, gentlemen, we got to wrap this up. This is getting crazy long, but... Yes. No, no problem. It has been an absolute pleasure having you. You've been two thoroughly enjoyable guests. Of course. Thank well, you. Invite us back anytime. We we love talking about Muppets. No. And obviously. <laughs> I know the offer is out there. If you ever need a commentator or a fellow Muppet nerd, let me know. And maybe we can Always. maybe we can have sure. you guys back for the final film, Muppets Most Wanted, uh, when we get around to it. Oh, that would be great. Kind of cap things off. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, we, we would be happy to do that. So yeah. Yeah, let us know. And so uh, th- thank you guys so much. And before we go with all of our guests, is there anything coming up or any events coming up that you guys want to plug? We, we don't have anything specific coming uh, up, well, do we? I don't know about coming up. We're in the middle of uh, a, an article series <laughs> right now where it's the 40th anniversary of the first season of The Muppet Show. Okay. So we've been reviewing every episode of the first season during the the week of its 40th anniversary. Awesome. Yeah, so we've been doing that. We only have a couple episodes left in the season. In the first season, yeah. In the first season, yeah. yeah. But that means you can go back and read all of them. That's right. So. And if you uh, subscribe to our uh, Facebook or Twitter or you just bookmark our, our website, toughpigs.com, then uh, 
over the next four years, we'll be covering we'll do their all 120 series. episodes of The Muppet Show. Yes. And then who knows what we'll do next. But that I mean, that's just one of the many things we do. We're, we've got articles and news stories coming out just about every day. And, uh, uh, you know, we've got a lot of things that... Um, uh, you know now that now that wedding stuff is pretty much done for both of us. Uh-huh. Uh, that hopefully uh, this spring and summer we're going to be launching some new uh, projects, including some video stuff and and uh, possibly some fundraising stuff and uh, some more uh, interviews with uh, cool Muppet people. And okay. you know, we've we, we've got a lot of stuff that that unfortunately we can't talk about in specifics because that means we're promising to actually do those things. <laughs> yeah, but, that's true. No, we do the yep. same thing. We keep everything real vague. <laughs> Yes. We always have more great Muppet Geek stuff coming up. Yes, awesome. always. Well, thank you again, gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes, likewise. Well, that was a fantastic interview with the guests from ToughPigs.com, Joe and Ryan. I cannot believe how extensive their knowledge is and their love of Muppets is contagious. It made me love the movie more than I thought I did, so I really love it, interview. Toughpigs.com, Facebook, Twitter. You can find them all over the place. They produce a lot of really great content for Muppet fans, so check it out, Internet. Here to Play on Nerds, we have developed an interesting rating system to bring to you our ideas on the trailers we're about to review. At the low, low end of the scale, we have Burn It!, where we think you should find every copy you can get your hands on and throw it into a barrel fire. Kill it with fire. (laughs) And our next step is Drunk Watch, which means that, yeah, I'd watch this movie. It'd be entertaining if I was under the influence of some kind of substance of some kind. But if I was sober, probably not going to check this thing out. No, not going to see it. Next, we've got We'll See, which is maybe we just don't know enough about this movie to tell what the hell it's going to be. Could be good. Could be bad. Not sure. Eh. And our next category would be Get the Couch Ready, which means I'm definitely going to check this movie out at home. Wouldn't necessarily pay the big bucks to see it in theaters, but I'm definitely going to watch it at home. So get that couch ready. After that, we have Take a Look, where we are recommending for you, our viewers and listeners, to check out this movie and check out the trailer and tell us what you think about it. We, we wanted to see what you guys think. It looks pretty good, but we're not quite sure yet. Yeah, take a look. Yeah. Let us know. And for our final and best category, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. Shut up and take my money. This looks so awesome. We're going to see it. That's where we cannot wait to give Hollywood bigwigs all of the money that we have earned at work to go see a film for $47. We're so excited. We just have to go see it. We have, we don't have a choice. And that is our A Play on Nerds official copyrighted trademark system for rating our movie trailers. For trailer reviews, we're cutting it short this week with just one review, but we couldn't pass it up. Alien Covenant. What would you oh think of gosh. this movie? I'm so, I'm so excited. It shows a lot of the old things that we loved. It shows some new crazy stuff we haven't seen before. I think we're seeing a few different versions of the alien that we haven't seen before. Uh, There's one that's pale. It might be adolescent. It could be a different version. There's some that have new physical features that you don't quite recognize. Um, I'm very, very excited. Extremely excited. You've all sacrificed so much to be here and be a part of this thing we're doing. This crew is made up of couples. It's the first ever large-scale colonization mission. And everyone back on Earth is really grateful for your hard work and your courage. We're making history here. This is wheat. What are the odds of finding human vegetation this far from Earth? 
Who planted it? You hear that? What? Nothing. No birds. No animals. Nothing. What happened here? looks just as pretty as Prometheus trailers did to me, but then Prometheus turned out to be not as great. I, I enjoyed Prometheus, but a lot of people thought it was crap. Uh, so I'm worried about well, that, I, but I don't know. I think that they showed that there's going to be, you know, that there's going to be good action in this. And that's not really how they portrayed Prometheus from my memory. Yeah, it was all like psychological and right. right. And I think that they're showing that this is going to be the alien movie that you wanted to see. I think that's what they're doing. Horror action. Yeah, straight yes. up. So, yeah. Um, I'm so excited, but yeah, it looks like Expedition gets this planet. They find wheat. There's some sort of disease and then a lot of screaming and a lot of blood. Very rated R. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for a good rated R alien film. Absolutely. So I guess it's shut up and take my money for both of us. Shut up and take my money as long as the kid doesn't ruin it. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're that's, able to see That's it. always the stipulation. As long as the kid says yes, I will try to see this movie. We do have one thank you. I have to get to really quick here from David Kramlich or Captain Hot Dog, who sent us an email. Oh, David. He oh sent gosh, us an yeah. email. I cannot believe it. So what he said was in reference to our last episode, which we reviewed Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Um, he said, what up, nerd players? I was completely embarrassed that I couldn't remember the trumpet player's name in the band Electric Mayhem. Anytime someone has an internet poll about who's your favorite band, I always throw out Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Oh, it's okay. Nobody knew that answer except for our experts, apparently, <laughs> who have action figures of him. Um, he also says, I'm glad you both uh, gave good reviews for Star Trek Three. To be honest, I already knew Jarman enjoyed it. Steve's contributions to the review were completely enjoyable, and I was surprised he didn't mention the Klingon dog, which totally, totally looked like something from Labyrinth or Dark Crystal. That's true. <laughs> That's insulting. That. that did not look like that. <laughs> it was pretty rough. And yes, judged by today's standards, the fight scene between Shatner and Lloyd wasn't up to par with maybe the Netflix series Daredevil, but it wasn't until I was an adult that I noticed it, which is, that's fair. Yeah, that's uh, true. He says, I'm not an expert in the financial or the fictional race known as the Vulcans, but most of my Star Trek reading is the Vulcan-centric novels, and I could go on and on about Vulcan mysticism and why it appears like magic. I'm not going to hold back this time as not to bore, or I'm going to hold back this time as not to bore Steve. But yeah, because we addressed that it's weird that they're at mysticism, but when they're so intellectual, why do they still think it's magic? Yeah, why do they still have all of it? That's a fair point. Uh, and he says, my guess on the dialogue that occurs at the end of Empire, this is in reference to our trivia question, what were the last mm -hmm. things uttered at the end of the Empire Strikes Back? Uh, he, he says his guess would be Lando saying, don't worry, we'll bring back Han from that bounty hunter. And Leia says, be careful, uh, which is incorrect. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he says, Ouch. if that's right, or at least close, I don't want any shout outs, just nude photos of Jarman or, or Steve in Leia outfit will suffice. 
That's legit. I have that outfit. He says, live long and prosper, Captain Hot Dog. Uh, P.S. Steve and his wife deserve props because good parenting never gets the respect it deserves. The needs of the baby outweigh the needs of the few. That's legit. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that. The we correct answer it. was ouch. That's the last thing ouch. Ed yep. said at the end of uh, Empire Strikes Back. But mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for that email. That's awesome, buddy. So th- thanks, Internet. It's been a blast and uh, a really good episode, I feel. So I hope you guys enjoy it, too. As long as you guys keep listening, we'll keep doing this nerdy thing we do. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends, and watch more Muppets. Yeah. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can always check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash aplayonnerds. Or check us out on Twitter and Instagram at aplayonnerds. We're also streaming live game content all the time on twitch.tv slash aplayonnerds. Fun videos and stuff to check out, youtube.com slash playonnerds. And also please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review if possible because that lets us be easily searched in the iTunes search index for podcasts and that way we know if we stink exactly let us know if you hate us or you love us that's always great check us out at our website www.playonnerds.com where all this content can be found at the tip of your fingers and you can also always email us at anything at a and then check us out on i guess snapchat maybe <laughs> for dick sticks or, or tumblr <laughs> tumblers periscopes uh, you could also throw a rock at us with a message on it carrier pigeons we accept cassette tapes <laughs> I love cassette tapes. We just want to hear from you. Yes, please send us anything you like at any social media outlets. However you do it, check us out. And how. So I am currently recording. Steve, are you recording? I'm recording, guys. Yep. Oh, yes. wait. Let me just... I said yes. <laughs> and I didn't Triple check. This yes, is exactly why we do this check. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Doc Hopper. So, so German, what were your initial thoughts on this one? Because my prediction, whoa, wow, she's so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone so. doesn't like Bubba Sigmund Ooh. I'm Doc Hopper.